if you want to be a brand that isn't racing to the bottom, I know I've touched upon that in other episodes, but if you want to be a brand that really stands out, you're not going to be able to be certain archetypes, right? Like you're focusing on scarcity. You're focusing on uh, like high value. And if you're going to be high value, you have to present yourself as high value. You have to be a brand that demands authority. Welcome to the fourth episode of The Marketing Solution. My name is Shelby Page, and we are talking about branding. So uh, last week, we talked a lot about brand archetypes. This is going to kind of be an, a continuation of that. We're going to talk about how brand archetypes help you establish the brand voice. So when you choose a brand archetype, what are you doing? You are choosing for your brand, not who your audience is, but who your audience wants to be. So if someone is... And every man, you know, just a very humble, very authentic person, but they really want to spice up their life and they want to become like uh, like a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of an explorer. We've got Harley Davidson, you know, leather jackets and, and motorcycles, things like that. Um, if people are living in their everyday lives, but they really want to experience magic, they've got Disney and Disney is like the magician. They're there. They're the happiest place on earth. They're there to make dreams come true. These are brand voices. These are very distinct, very defined brand voices that help acknowledge a hole in someone's life that that brand is meant to fill. So when you're trying to pick a brand voice, when you're looking through all of the different archetypes that exist and you're trying to find who your brand is going to be through and through for the user experience, all you've got to do is think about what is the problem that you are solving? If you are solving a problem, you are looking to be the solution. Your archetype that your brand voice is going to be, not necessarily your audience, your defined target audience, but the solution that you provide, the end result that your audience wants to be. That's really what these brand archetypes are about. And that plays into the psychology behind why people per make purchase decisions. Did you know that 95% of purchase decisions are made subconsciously? That means that every touch point that these people have with your brand, every time that they interact with you, they're deciding on this like likeness meter if they're going to subconsciously ever convert to a purchase. If they have a bad time talking to your social media manager or if they have a hard time refunding something, their brand loyalty, their lifetime value will absolutely plummet, you know? And that's why these brand voices, they carry through everything. Could you imagine <laughs> Could you imagine if Disney World was like, yeah, we're magical all the way through, but if you go to the help desk, you know, we're we're just like you, you know? Like we don't know what's going on either. The magic will be broken, you know? The magic will be shattered and and in that particular touch point, you will subconsciously harm that lifetime value, harm that brand loyalty that people have towards you. Uh your brand voice needs to be carried out throughout your entire user experience through every single way that someone may or may not interact with your brand. Um, so it's just something to think about, you know, when you're defining who you want to be, when you're really going to define like what it means to interact with your brand, you need to play into one, having it carry all the way throughout <laughs> and two, um, solving that problem for your audience, really being the solution that they're looking for. People don't purchase things if they don't need help. 
you know, and and let's say it's something, let's say you're something that's uh, that's more of a commodity, something that comes along more often than not, like a fashion brand, like a clothing brand. You're still playing with social psychology, or you're, you're still playing with the audience's influence. When they have the Victoria's Secret fashion show every year, they're not doing it to show off <laughs> to show off like those giant wings that you cannot buy that's literally not the point the point is their brand voice is to be this extreme high-end romantic brand and if you want to be romantic and sexy and you want to feel good in your skin like you're gonna buy Victoria's Secret bras that's literally the point there's no other reason for them to have those <laughs> Those fashion shows. I freaking love the wings. Like when I was little. Sounds like you want to buy the wings. I wanted those wings so bad, but I figured out you like you cannot buy them. Like it's it's just for your perception of the brand. It's just so that you spend $60 a bra. And speaking of price points, actually, we're going to talk a lot um, about how if you want to be a brand that isn't racing to the bottom. I know I've touched upon that in other episodes, but if you want to be a brand that really stands out, you're not going to be able to be certain archetypes, right? Like you're focusing on scarcity. You're focusing on uh, like high value. And if you're going to be high value, you have to present yourself as high value. You have to be a brand that demands authority. There's going to be specific archetypes archetypes that do this a lot better than others. And you're going to want to keep that in, you're going to want to keep your price point into in consideration when you are choosing your brand voice, when you're choosing who you're going to be and how you're going to interact with your customers. That's going to be uh, some of the most important things to consider. So to recap for you guys, um, one, you're going to want to be able to carry it throughout. Two, you're going to want to be able to um, identify a problem, become that solution for them. And three, you're going to want to consider what you're actually selling, how people are going to perceive you, and how you'll be able to carry that perception throughout people uh, interacting with your brand over and over and over again. So if you're super expensive, if you're a Gucci bag, you can't go for an archetype that makes everyone feel included, makes everyone feel safe and happy. It's really got to be more like... uh, no, this isn't for you. This isn't for you unless you're part of this exclusive club, you know, and that that plays into influence and that plays into your ability to uh, like differentiate your brand. So brand differentiation comes from what you're doing differently than the competition. If you have a deeply defined brand, it's going to be a lot easier for you to differentiate. I'm going to... um mention something, make a differentiation here, actually, there's a difference between an archetype and a stereotype, right? It's much easier for you if your brand is an archetype to establish differentiation from your competition. So stereotypes can be hurtful. They can put you in a box. They can make it so that like everything you do has to fit a certain (laughs) phrase or a certain person. Like if you are a restaurant and you're like a stereotypical Mexican restaurant, it's really going to hurt your ability to differentiate from any other stereotypical Mexican restaurant around. But if you go in there and you give them this, this sort of like authentic experience, you are less of a you are less of a stereotype and more of an archetype and that is easier to differentiate that isn't necessarily a commodity and um 
Yeah. And if you're not a commodity, <laughs> that means that you don't have to race to the bottom. It means that you can establish brand loyalty and people will actually want to come back because what you're giving them is slightly different and more authentic than your competition. So when considering your brand voice, truly think about who you're trying to attract, who they are now, who they want to be, and how you're going to be able to provide a need from the, for them that is different than maybe anything they can get anywhere else. Um, those are the first tips for now. We're going to talk a lot more. We're actually going to jump off of the branding train for a little while. I think that this uh, can get a little exhaustive, especially if you're like right in the beginning of starting your e-commerce journey or your high ticket item journey. Um, there's a lot to focus on. There's so much to focus on when it comes to your brand in particular. So all I want you to do, if you're going along with me in this podcast and now you're thinking like, oh, I got to think about repeat customers and now I got to think about my brand voice and I got to think about all these different touch points and providing value, like that's enough of that. <laughs> We're going to get into more technical issues next episode. I think it's pretty important for you to consider other parts of your marketing strategy. So we're going to talk about branding a little bit later in this season again. Um, but for right now, all I need you to do for your homework is to, one, pick something that's not necessarily a one-off, you know. Two, think about all of the different ways that people can contact your brand. Three, think about how you want to interact with these customers. And four, think about how you're going to provide a solution to these people. That's all you need to know about branding for now. Next episode, we'll talk about something uh, a little more fun for me, uh, a media buyer. Oh, boy. Because... <laughs> Um, cause I run ads for a living and I help like, and I help brands, um, identify pain points within their marketing strategy as a whole. And a lot of times I work with, um, well-established brands. So instead of, uh, starting from the very beginning, we're going to kind of hop around a little bit. Feel free to hop around in our episodes as well. So I hope that I taught you a little something, something, and, uh, we'll see you next time on the marketing solution.